Hello and welcome to the Friday Night Nicktoons podcast. I am Casey. I'm Ashley. And uh, this is our first ever episode of the Friday Night Nicktoons podcast. Um, We've got some great stuff in store for you guys today. Um, In general, we're going to talk about all kinds of different shows that aired on Nickelodeon, specifically from the mid to late 90s to the early 2000s, but all Nick shows are fair game. Ashley's going to tell us a little bit about what we're doing today. Yeah, today we're going to be looking at uh, first episodes. We thought it would be appropriate to the first episode of our podcast, so we're talking about the first episodes of the shows. We're specifically going to be focusing on SpongeBob, Fairly Odd Parents, and Rocket Power. And uh, we originally gonna, were going to make this a pilot-themed episode, but quickly realized that many of these shows have pilots that we were never aware of. Um, the SpongeBob pilot was, uh, was never aired, um, so we did not have access to that. We are instead doing the first episode of SpongeBob. The Fairly Odd Parents episode we'll be focusing on is a pilot from the short. Um, technically considered season zero of Fairly Odd Parents, it aired as a part of the Oh Yeah! series in which uh, up-and-coming animators were given the opportunity to showcase their work. Fairly Odd Parents was then turned into its own show based on that. Um, Again, we're going to be focusing on the short. And then on Rocket Power, we are going to be talking about the true pilot from that show. So that's what we got lined up today. And once again, this is Friday Night Nicktoons podcast, and thanks you guys for listening. Alright, the first episode we're going to be talking about today is, uh, is Spongebob. The episode is called Help Wanted, and it was the first aired episode of the show. Ashley, your thoughts? Um, well, I mean, basically, it it's, uh, starts out with Spongebob waking up, getting all ready for uh, his, I guess, not really job interview exactly, but because there's Help Wanted, that's the title, at the Krusty Krab, and he's apparently wanted to be a fry cook since forever, so I think it's a pretty appropriate way to start up the, the series. Yeah, I specifically and, uh, love... I specifically love that the first shot we get of Spongebob is the boat alarm waking him up, as we see so many times later in the show. Countless times. And uh, also, very first shot of the thing is it, uh, of the show is us looking in at Bikini Bottom at, like, the coral, and you get the, the classic French narrator voice which is actually done by Tom Cuddy, who's the same voice actor as SpongeBob. Yeah, we had, we had before, no but... idea. Yeah, we also see, uh, we, we meet Gary right away, which is interesting, because there are a lot of characters we don't meet in this first SpongeBob episode, but Gary is introduced as a cat. He meows right away. We also see SpongeBob's weightlifting gag um, that, once again, we see many, many times throughout the show. I feel like, more or less, at least... For the season that I was really dedicated to watching Spongebob in, which is probably up until season three or four, the pre-movie era is the one. So, like, I really watched... I feel like it's pretty true to tone um, overall. Like, Absolutely. it starts out with Spongebob being this super over-enthusiastic character. First thing is him waking up, getting super excited because of uh, the Krusty Krab. Um, 
help wanted. Uh, first thing you hear him say after the door is this classic, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. Yep. So I feel like I feel like it starts pretty pretty true to tone. SpongeBob is definitely still the same character that he remains throughout the show. And I like that it feels like we're just dropping in on a day in his life. It doesn't feel like they're setting up too much. We meet the characters by experiencing them. They don't really tell us who they are. We see who they are. Yeah, I agree. And, I mean, it happens to be a more significant day, obviously, but there's not a whole lot of... I guess, I guess like, technically there is him saying, like, oh, Spongebob, he lives in a pineapple, of course. Right. Um, but... It's, it's not so much of, not too much uh, exposition. And I think it's not funny. Not unnecessary, anyways. I think, it's, I think it's funny that they, you know, they start the show with this narrator who they then could have abandoned for the rest of the show, you know, it only, it could have just served that purpose. But I would imagine that, I don't really follow it still today, but I would imagine that narrator is still a part of the SpongeBob universe every few episodes. Um Oh, you've got to think, especially considering they don't have to pay for another voice actor to have right. him there. Might as and, well. Uh, got to imagine that he's it's... still around. Again, I also haven't followed the show recently, which is it's also still astounding um, that the show is still running. Just throwing that out yeah, there. Yeah, I keep forgetting that that's many, really only SpongeBob and Fairly Odd Parents of the shows that are on our radar for this podcast are still. Um, new episodes are still being produced. SpongeBob semi irregularly, um, from what I was looking at. Um, what else? We have a lot of iconic moments in this episode, separate from the fact that it's the first episode. Um, we have the Mr. Krabs classic uh, smelly smell line um, um, yeah. that I actually didn't realize that was from the, this first episode. Um, that is an oft-quoted yeah. one. Um, we've got that that old Tiny Tim song. The I honestly forget what it's called, but that living in the sunlight, loving in the moonlight, having a wonderful time, which having is a wonderful time. De- yeah. definitely become ha ha. <laughs> definitely has become <laughs> emblematic of that the, the episode. And I feel like that song too. Just I don't know, like it's. It's definitely very early era SpongeBob yes. kind of thing to have. It takes in there. you it takes you back to that place when you first started watching it as a kid, if you're our age. Yeah. Um Yeah. Actually, is, what year of, was this aired in? Do you know? Uh nineteen ninety nine, I'm pretty sure, off the top of my head. Wow. If someone wants to call me out on Twitter if I do not <laughs> have that correct, but I'm pretty sure this show began in nineteen ninety nine. I would be around, like, six years old then, depending. Yeah, I started months. watching a few years later, so I actually wasn't aware this was the first episode. The Suds, yeah. the Suds was I, the first episode I saw, and so I thought it was the first episode. It's valid. No, I, I definitely remember... I remember... I was, I was like, born and raised on Nick, Nicktoons kind of a kid. Um, I definitely remember, like, there being advertisements... For this new show called Spongebob and I thought it sounded so stupid <laughs> I had no interest in it and I was annoyed I was like why is this show happening which is crazy because it ended up being a huge part of my big tunes watching childhood but you know absolutely um and speaking, things, speaking of things, music um, with the the tiny Tim song um the the music feel of the show is the exact same as I remember it throughout the rest of its run yes um, they find that that 
stride right away. Um, it's actual, and so in band in high school, we played a, uh, a pirate shanty medley, and like half of them we recognized as Spongebob tunes. So they're using real pirate shanties and real yeah. pirate songs, which is awesome. If I remember correctly, uh, if I remember correctly it's, it's partially because they're, um, the, like, songs are, uh, public, they were... Public domain. What's, what's the word? You can use them. Public domain. Yes, yes. Yeah. Public domain. That makes sense, which, but it works. It's become so symbolic of the show. It's, it's become, yeah, it's become, like, you hear them... And you're like, oh, there's that SpongeBob song, which is funny, but so so I'm. In I the... mean, it, it's a good way for them to work it. The the few characters that are introduced to you in the show that are of relevance are what SpongeBob, uh, Patrick, Patrick briefly, Squidward, and Mr. Krabs, and yes, and Gary. Squidward of. seems. Well, yeah, and Gary, I guess. We don't get Sandy, we don't get Pearl, Mrs. Puff, Larry, any of the major characters, and I think because it would just be too much for a, what, eight-minute episode. Sure. And, I mean, possibly they didn't know where they were going at the time. I, I don't know, like, story-wise, how much was established right. at this point, but, like... That's true. I don't know how many of those characters were written, if they just, like, knew that they had a restaurant called the Krusty Krab, but... Real quick sidebar, real quick sidebar. Um, uh -huh, so, uh -huh. like I said, the whole episode is basically Spongebob going, getting the job. Um, there's a crisis with some anchovies and stuff. Um, <laughs> but they, they never really clarify, though, is who was the fry cook before him? Yeah. Because the only two people you see there are Squidward and Mr. Krabs. The anchovies come in, and they just start panicking. Nobody's making Krabby Patties. Nobody's doing anything. Right. Who, who is supposed to make food? Why is their restaurant open if they don't have private? Right, and and Squidward is very quick to reject SpongeBob, and uh, SpongeBob ac asks Squidward for a recommendation. He pulls Mr. Krabs aside for a sidebar, takes a deep breath in, and just says no, which is it happened to me personally so many times in my life. Um, <laughs> But he, uh, but so clearly Squidward prefers them essentially going under and not producing their product over like, having to work with his terrible neighbor. Because that makes, that makes sense. Yeah. And, and also, like, I mean, Spongebob is enthusiastic and perhaps annoying, and I think you, you see, at least I have, see, see how his overly energetic attitude could get a bit annoying more as I've gotten older and watched the right. show, but... I, I've heard a lot recently that you realize you're getting older when you become a Squidward and not a Spongebob, um, when you start to empathize yeah. with Squidward on the show. And I'm not quite there yet, but I, I worry that I'm getting there. Yeah, I, I mean, there, there are definitely certain moments where I'm like, if I lived next to Spongebob, I would probably get a little bit irritated. Absolutely. Still, you know, upbeat kind of person, but I, I feel like we've all... We've all met those people that just have so much energy all the time, and like sometimes you just you just need them to stop. Sometimes you just go, yeah. You just need them to stop. You just need them to take it down a couple of notches. Yeah. And I definitely think whether intentional or not, SpongeBob is one of those characters. And, and I think similarly to in real life, it's it's not that you, or at least in Squidward's case, maybe, but yeah. it's not that you dislike them exactly. But right, but they can just, you just be too don't much. Know. Yeah. Other final thoughts that we kind of both touched on. Mr. Krabs and Mr. and, sorry, Squidward have a very formal relationship in this episode. Mr. Krabs repeatedly referring to him as Mr. Squidward. Um, they're, yeah. they're seen almost as equals, which doesn't quite make sense because Mr. Krabs, you know, runs and owns the restaurant. Squidward is the cashier. 
Um, yeah, what's going on there, do you think? Yeah, I, I think it's strange. I, I think, I mean, I guess also how Mr. Crabbe specifically, like, asks, I guess, like, Spongebob tells him to ask for his opinion, but still, like, right. he looks to Squidward's opinion and things. There's definitely yeah. a bit more respect there. I don't know if that was just just a distinction in how they... Uh, right, and it definitely turns into apathy. Later, Mr. Krabs yeah. just, you know, completely sure. apathetic towards Squidward. Squidward kind of resentful for making him work with SpongeBob. Maybe that's the inciting event. Maybe SpongeBob getting hired. So SpongeBob saves the day in this episode. He, sir, he uh, is able to produce Krabby Patties at such a remarkably fast rate that he... With his magical spatula. With his magical <laughs> spatula that he inexplicably never uses again. Um, yes. He saves the day, he's hired on the spot, maybe that's the turning point in their relationship, and maybe that's why yeah. Squidward and Mr. Krabs are never truly the same, um, because Mr. Sure. Krabs I mean, went I mean, against his recommendation and against his word. They, they definitely do have um, some kind of chummier moments, I feel like, yes. even in later episodes. Like, usually when they're teaming up against Spongebob... Um, Specifically, off the top of my head, I'm thinking of a Halloween episode when they both make, like, the joke about the Flying Dutchman stealing his soul. They kind of work together in that That's true. That is joke. true. And then also, like, uh, the the Pretty Patties episode, I want to say, when they start making fun of them, they're like, what's next? Bowtie French fries? Right, right. Sequined milkshakes? Like, like there, still there are moments where they gang up on Spongebob. I, I definitely don't think it's the same respect Mr. Well, Squidward Mr. kind of a situation. Mr. Krabs values money above all else, and SpongeBob is his moneymaker. The animation is pretty much the same. The voices are the same, although I will say, with all of these shows, we observe that the, the voices get more and more caricaturish, and they lean into the characters' quirks as the show goes on, like many sitcoms do, and what tends to happen when you're with the same character for so many years. Sure. So the characters all seem like watered-down versions of what they eventually become. Sure, sure. But I would say overall, not any huge character shifts, not any huge tone shifts between... Yeah. This no. first episode, like, you watch it, and you could have told me that it wasn't the pilot, and I wouldn't be shocked. Yep, there are definitely agreed. certain shows that you can't say that. There are definitely certain shows, which I think we'll touch on a little bit in the Fairly Odd Parents, where tone is a bit more distinct. This one, this one seems pretty spot on. Absolutely. Yeah, let's get into that. Let's move on. All right, so now we're going to take a look at the Fairly Odd Parents episode from the the pilot um, from the short series, technically season zero of Fairly Odd Parents. It is called The Fairly Odd Parents with an exclamation point. Um, Ashley, what was your takeaway on this one? Yeah, so again, for those of you who haven't watched this recently, maybe not even ever. I, I don't remember how much they aired these. Yeah, not often. That during not, that, often. Yeah, not often, if ever. Um more or less, it's it's a pretty basic situation. Um, Timmy's dropped off by his parents with the babysitter, of course, Vicky, who's evil and whatnot. Um, and then he finds out, oh, I've got fairy godparents. And, you know, the normal chaos kind of ensues. I, I feel like here, it's not an entire tone change, but... 
but there are some things that you'll notice are a little bit more off Absolutely. than I would say about Spongebob. It's a little um, unsettling to watch, honestly, as someone who just, you know, watched every episode of this show in its prime when I was a kid. It's kind of jarring to go back to these basics. It's like seeing slightly off character sketches of, like, original ideas for characters. It's kind of like, ugh, I don't like that. Yeah, and I, I think part of it, too, is that as it's developed, they've, they've made it into something bigger and better than it was totally originally but it, it's definitely just a bit a bit unsettling to can we talk about I, I think can we talk yeah. about this oh yeah series i love 90s media and these oh yeah commercials are the most 90s thing you will ever see so <laughs> the outfits like, the voices the audio quality it's just go look it up just look up oh yeah uh, Nickelodeon. Yeah. And oh yeah, Nickelodeon. Soak it in. It's, you'll you'll find it. It's, it's beautiful. It's something. Let me tell you. It's if you didn't grow up in this era, which again I was kind of on the fringes of. Mm-hmm. It's it's so nineties. It'll kill you. And if you're if you're young enough that <laughs> the nineties were genuinely not a part of your life, maybe just to, just to get a glimpse into what what that era was like. Yeah. I mean, interesting, interesting start altogether. Um, but getting more into the show, I think pretty early on in the episode, you realize it it is for whatever reason you don't see the parents like you, you only see right. their legs and no, no it's, it's a weird weird thing. I don't know what they were going with with that one with the like. Yeah, what does it oh. save? Did they just not want to commit? Was it like a Charlie Brown thing where you don't see or understand the parents? Like, I, I don't know. Maybe to make to Timmy, like, maybe to further isolate him so that he needs these fairy fairy godparents. Right. I mean, I, I definitely think it was a good idea to make the parents into their own actual characters. I think Timmy's dad is one of my favorite characters. Oh, absolutely. Just he's purely ridiculous. Yeah. So de- definitely, but, but it, I think it's interesting that Tone-wise, it, it just seems like they, they were going more for his, like, pure isolation and more focusing, like, purely on him, I guess. Yeah, we don't meet his friends. Yeah, we don't meet Chester McBadbad or AJ. No. Um, it's just Timmy alone in his room. Um, the music, interestingly enough, I'll get off the music eventually, but it's something I find really interesting in these shows. It almost feels like an old-timey cartoon. It's not quite the same. It feels like little yeah. little interjections, little strings and things that aren't quite with the tone of the rest of the show, which is very, you know, whimsical and magical. Yeah. I'm also going to say something that I'm thinking about now and realizing uh, Vicky really isn't that horrible like she's not great but she's not anywhere near as bad as she gets i think agreed agreed like, i don't she she like gets him pizza with anchovies on it which yeah which yeah this anchovies theme it's apparently running through the through this episode this podcast today yeah because <laughs> uh spongebob had his interesting situation with the anchovies as well yeah um uh, but i mean like like she like tells him like oh wash the dishes it's not right. annoying, yeah, exactly. Sure, but it's, it's really, it's just not as vicious, but, but he's still kind of, uh, with his fairly, very, uh, fairy godparents, yeah. gets pretty, pretty intense, changing her into a chocolate snake, because Cosmo's wand is broken. Not because he's not smart enough, which is interesting, also. 
which I'm sure we'll get on a tangent about. Yeah, but, oh, absolutely. Uh, you would think, like, I mean, for anybody who's watched Fairly, fairly God, I, I don't know, this is, this is tripping me up, man. Fairly Odd Parents is the name of the show. They are Fairy God Parents. Yep, it should yep. not be that hard. I agree. Um, but, but let's let's talk about Cosmo for a second. Uh, um, so, so much to talk about in this one. Darren Norris is the voice actor. He is Cosmo. He is Timmy's dad, and later in the show, he is Jorgen. He is also Gordy on Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide for the people who watched that. Um, and yeah, he um, all of the lines sound like things Cosmo might say, but the voice isn't the same. There's a point I no, forget. The, the tone is different. Yeah, for, Cosmo, for sure. Like well, I forget the context, but at one point he says, "I hate that rule." And normally Cosmo, it would be really high and placed up here, but he just goes, "I hate that rule," and it's like this adult man. It's very strange. Yeah, and I, and I feel like it's it's less whimsical somehow. Yeah, I don't know exactly how you'd say it, but it's, it's less. It's just less Cosmo. If you, if you yeah. have a chance to watch it, he's, he just, the entire I, episode through, I would say, is unsettlingly I literally not. thought it was a different voice actor, and we had to look it up. That, yeah, and it's the same, but something yeah. changed between then and when And when it got off show. of, oh yeah. Yeah. Or like, um, the joke he makes. Um, at one point, oh, yeah. Wanda is turned into a giant baby and like sits on Vicky, and he says... Yeah, that's the first time the baby ever sat on the sitter. And it's like this, like, <laughs> 90... It's like this, like, 20s-era, like, <laughs> like old radio kind of voice. It's, yeah. It's, it's, um, it's bizarre. Like, it, and it, Cosmo like, would say that. It would just not be delivered that way. It's um, not... No. I, I feel like he might say something similar, but not, just not the way it's said. The way it's said is... Yeah. We also made the we made the interesting discovery that the parents and the godparents are voiced in tandem. So Cosmo is the same as Timmy's dad, voice actor, and uh, Wanda is the same as Timmy's mom, which I think is uh, not only a money saver for the the show, but I think yeah. it's kind of cool dramaturgically that they're kind of the parents that Timmy doesn't have. They're super neglectful. They're never around. They're always hiring Vicky and going to do their own selfish things, like seeing the Titanic director's cut in this episode. Yes. <laughs> which, which also, throwing, throwing back up to that, um, how we find out is Timmy is trying to figure out how long that he's going to be there for, and he uses his classic magic nine ball, as we all had and loved, <laughs> Um, and he shakes it and he's like, how long is it going to be? And the triangle just shows up as like Titanic director's cut. <laughs> yeah. It's a nice foreshadowing of like the magic inside. It's a funny joke for like adults that happen to be watching with their kids. Yeah. I, um, I thought that was interesting too, because it's kind of like a pop reference sort of right. very commonly known, but still like, they don't do Titanic. that often. No, it's definitely not something that I feel like sticks so much throughout no. the show because I mean, I guess like, most people would know Titanic is a long film, director's cut, very long film, you right, get it, but like, right. I feel like things like that don't pop up so much. Another one of those just kind of differing things in tone at the beginning. And then of course, you know, Timmy drops his magic nine ball and Cosmo and Wanda emerge and that's, uh, that's the start of it all, the whole concept. Yeah. Um, yeah. They do say as goldfish also in that. Yes, that's but introduced I would say right away. The big main concepts stay the same like they're still the same they look the same they still 
kind of act the same minus cosmos weirdness, but like it's the same general concept. Definitely. Not a lot really happens besides him getting the godparents. There's like that very brief scene with Vicky, but it, it takes getting the godparents takes so much time that that ends up kind of being the defining event of the episode. Yeah, and overall, it, it's pretty short. I don't remember the exact length, but it's it's, it's not like a long seven minutes shorter episode. than SpongeBob. I, it, it was also not technically a full TV episode at all. It's right. just a, a short. short. So it definitely comes across as that, um, and I think maybe that's part of the reason because this was like more so the actual pilot than the SpongeBob pilot. Is that it ended up being a little bit a little bit more off. Yeah. In a lot of ways, I think. The, the animation especially, it's a little too angular. I feel like by the mm-hmm. time this style of animation in this studio gets to Danny Phantom, it's a lot more like bubbly and rounded and colorful. Yeah. And it just felt a little and, more angular. And Timmy's head was kind of weirdly shaped yeah. and stuff. Like, like, like the character's shape was just a little bit off. Again, not, not anything that was like so incredibly shocking, but still just... You, you could tell it was more of a pilot than... Yeah that I think the Spongebob one doesn't doesn't feel um, quite so distinct as this one does. And this was, of the three we watched, this was definitely the most varied from the actual tone of the show. And that makes sense because it was not yet the show. Um, they, right. You know, they clearly saw promise in this. The other shows were uh, My Life as a Teenage Robot came from Oh Yeah, but that wasn't yeah. that wasn't until like 2004 or five. so several years I was going to say, that was definitely a later game. So they, they pulled that one out. Um, and there was another show, too, and I'm having trouble remembering which one. I'm blanking. Um, um, Chalk Zone. It was Chalk Zone. mentioned this. Chalk Zone? Yeah, Chalk Zone started at Oh Yeah, and that started right away with Fairly Odd Parents after Oh Yeah. Did so, it really? Um, yeah, it's, that's huh. older. Maybe not the same year. I might not be exact, yeah. but it was early 2000s, like very early. Yeah. Those are definitely uh, shorter run shows. I'm sure we'll get around to talking about them at some point. I'll yes. quit this podcast if we don't talk about Chalk Zone. I chalk zone. love Chalk Rudy's Zone. Got chalk. <laughs> Rudy's got the chalk, the chalk, the chalk. Chalk, chalk zone. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I promise you we'll get around that. Uh, my life is a teenage robot. Eh. There's like a few like specific things that I remember from that show. We'll, we'll Discussions for another time. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, unless you have any other pressing thoughts on this Fairly Odd Parents pilot, yeah. I say we move on to Rocket Power. Yeah, let's let's go on forward. Okay, so third show, Rocket Power, probably the least known of the three of these shows, definitely the shortest running show of them. can't remember the exact length that it ran for, but... Not was, anywhere near as long seasons, as the other two. I think it was only three. Um, first episode, though, called New Squid on the Block, which yeah. I think is just a hilarious title. Um, obviously, playing on the squid being the new person in the town. But, you know, um, what are your thoughts, Casey? Oh, man. I mean, Ashley, you know how I feel about theme songs. I was I told myself I wouldn't talk about music for all three of these episodes, and <laughs> here I go. But, man, you hear that. You hear that uh, kind of bluesy guitar uh, guitar setting. It, it brings you right into this kind of psychedelic world. <laughs> we are riders. You're just, you're there. You're in it. You're in SoCal. You're living the dream childhood that you always wanted. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. 
Rocket Power obviously being the 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 kids that every everyone who grew up in a town they felt was lame wanted to be. Right away, Reg introduces the concept of her zine, uh, short for <laughs> magazine. That uh, I don't. Which, that, does she ever finish it, or is it just an ongoing gag I, that she'll never I, like just? No, get I, up I and feel do like it. she like at one point she had. I I could be remembering this entirely wrong, but I have this memory of this like episode where like she's like trying to make this thing and she like gets in contact with somebody who can help make it. He like wants to make it into a boy magazine. You're right. Because, that's like, what it is. Yes. Yeah. Because like only boys can be skaters, and it's this whole like sexist. Yeah. No, Reg is a, a Reg is a feminist icon of our time. Oh, <laughs> like, let's like no exaggeration. Oh, she is she is a strong, independent woman. Yes, in all yeah. All but, sense if anything, Otto looks but, up to her. You see the respect that he has for her that he tries yeah. to brush off. Um, I want to talk about. I'll let you get your thoughts in eventually on this, but I'm really excited <laughs> about this. Um, the shade these kids throw at each other. Oh, so we watch God. these episodes from uh, different locations, and so we will phone call or Google chat or something, and we both were having visceral reactions to some of these disses. Um, can you can you talk a little bit about Sam and how he gets introduced to the gang, and then we'll get to some of their the the zingers they have at his expense. Yeah. Well, for, first of all, uh, Sam he's the he's the new kid. He kind of they um you see the kids like skateboarding and everything, and they look over and they see him, and he's like pulling up in his car, and they they all have their their kind of comments to make them. Otto's first impression of him is that he's kind of round. That's a <laughs> <laughs> that's a way to ever define a person. Like, yeah, that person, they look kind of look round. Kind of round. <laughs> you know. He is that's nine. Like he is guys. nine. That's, I didn't realize how young they were. They do say that they're nine. Um, Reg, probably ten or eleven. They seem close in age. Yeah. Her and Otto. But, um, he's pulling up. Uh, they, they also, like, notice that he has a computer which is relevant for the zine situation. Yeah. And then you zoom in on him and uh, <laughs> uh, you see him talking to his mom. I don't know, it just got to me. She's like, she's like, oh, you can, you can make friends. Tell them about your good grades. <laughs> like, okay, mom. <laughs> it's the, the most momish, terrible social advice I've ever heard. What like, is with these Nick yeah. parents? It's I guess it's in cartoons and TV in general focused on kids where the parents yeah. are just complete. They're either socially inept or idiots. In Rugrats, they're usually both. In this show, they're both. Yeah. It's it's amazing. It's just, like, it's just amazing. I'm not that, but really, you're, you're sitting there just like chilling with some friends. A new kid comes around and they're like, you know, I get really good grades. Yeah. And, like, maybe you were considering giving him a shot until then. Luckily, though Sam is socially awkward, he knows that this is not the thing to say to the kids in the new town. Um, so, uh, Sam, later known as Squid, right now, uh, Twister is known as Squid, because he is, as of the beginning of this episode, the new kid on the block, relatively speaking. Um, he hates his nickname Squid. Um, so you would think when Sam approaches the group going, hey guys, I'm new, I'm from Kansas, Twister would be like, oh, awesome, a new guy who can then be the butt of all of Otto and Reg's jokes. However, yeah. Twister just destroys him repeatedly. Destroys. 
honestly, I, I think maybe part of it is that Twister is just honestly not smart enough to, to like realize that this could be the new Spider-Man. I think I that's I it. Know. I think He's that's it. Savage, <laughs> savage man. Um, amongst the quotes are, uh, let's see, go back to being lame-o, which Oof. for one isn't a good insult, but like yeah. <laughs> just like throws that one out. We've known this kid for like. 20 minutes. Yeah. My favorite is, so they um, finally realize they have four people they can form what they call a quad, which, I don't know, if any of you play hockey, tell me if that's a thing. I don't think it is. Thing. <laughs> it might be a California <laughs> thing. Like, oh, we have a quad. We can go play, like, quad, uh, like, rollers, roller hockey, because they don't have ice, because it's California. So they go and play against Twister's older brother and his goons. Uh, his name's Lars. And... Sam just makes a fool of himself um, when he's out on, on the rink. And uh, uh, can you explain the context for this one? Because I already forgot it. Um, yeah, so I'm assuming real quick. Yeah? Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, so what happens is, is because of the Zine situation... Uh, Red asks for Sam's help. Sam's also got a computer. He um, he goes on and he starts he starts helping her out and he goes up to her and Twister's like chilling on the sidelines and he goes up and he's like, "Hey, Reg, can I talk to you for a minute?" And he responds, uh, "Twister," then turns and says, "You sure can't play hockey for a minute." Oh, devastating! <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna create. We talked about how we can create segments on the spot. This might not come in every week, but I'm gonna have a dude same quote of the week <laughs> from these episodes. <laughs> and for this week, my dude same quote, meaning like, oh, I get you, man. Like, preach is his, Sam's mom comes up to him and goes, "Go out and unpack and have fun with uh, with the other kids." And uh, he goes, but I was going to spend the next 11 years in front of the TV. And, it, you know, it just hit a little too hard. <laughs> it was just yeah. a bit too much. Especially because this is a TV show, you know, you're sitting there watching it. Right. It's kind maybe, of a dig at the a viewer. Part of you. Yeah. Yep. Uh, no, um, I, I felt that one. I felt that one, too. Really, though, Sam, Sam's got this, this pretty rough rough start all the kids are making fun of him right by all the kids i mean mostly twister actually i'm pretty sure otto and reg both kind of interject at some point or yeah they're nicer than the i remember like i think i think one of them says like you were new too at some point i don't remember yes. if otto, or reg. otto says that to twister he's like easy man you were new once too uh might have been reg actually you're right um I'm not sure. But then let's... It was, so, it was one of the two. Uh, Sam has kind of a similar arc to Spongebob in his pilot first episode. Stay with me here. Um, he, They both come in and just kind of mess everything up uh, and are kind of reviled by the people around them. And then they both have a heroic, heroic moment that makes them at least a little bit accepted into the group. Yeah, um, so Sam, I agree with that. Sam switches to goalie. And he real and they realize that he's a beast. He's stopping everything, and they they win the game, he right? Is. That's an impenetrable force of Kansas nature. Is how he defends his goalie playing, which is amazing. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, so Lars, Lars and his cronies yeah. go and they, they freak out. I think one of them has a voice crack about how upset they are about losing. <laughs> Sam's the new squid. Twister becomes Twister. Um, and the the stasis is kind of acquired of what will be the rest of the show. We still haven't met Tito yeah. and Raimundo and the other sort of major players, but for now, the, the bare bones are in place. Yeah, and, and also, just to clarify, after all of Twister's horrible horrible, harsh-natured jokes. He does come to terms with it once he realizes, oh, I won't be squid if this kid's squid, and then he's like, oh, yeah, we can be friends now, because that's how things work. Yeah. But but definitely, I think think you get kind of the beginning of this kind of, uh, this crew going on, and I would say, even throughout the show, Sam still definitely, you, you feel... That he he's not like a true California kid. Right, he kind of holds so the group is... back. He's a great character. He's a good foil oh, to sure. all of them. Um, but they ultimately they have each other's back, if I remember correctly, through the show. Oh, definitely. Um, they're a pretty supportive, good group of kids. Um, just living that that SoCal dream, you know. Yeah. Um, Look at that SoCal unparenting. Yeah, they're just un-parenting. they're on their own in this show. It's wild. Um, like, I remember the last time my parents, when I was nine years old, were like, yeah, just go on over to the ocean, go surfing. Yeah, my die. parents are still like, the ocean will kill you, stay away from it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, definitely not my parents, at the very least, did it. I mean, I think you see it pretty constant. Again, I, either the parents are smart or they're absent or whatever, yeah. there always seems to be some parent issues going yeah. on, like Timmy's parents who are constantly leaving and these parents they don't seem as upset about it though at least in this case it seems to be that they're just kind of free and on their own and it's cool yeah no it just seems like it's laid back and it's in a world before a kind of paranoia about childhood but i'm sure there are still kids who go out there and hit the surf every day with their friends after school (laughs) like sure you gotta hope that dream is still alive somewhere let's talk about why both of us thought that these kids were so cool. What was it about them that made us idolize them? Because it looks pretty forced and lame now, to use their word. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Um, Yeah, again, I'm not sure. Rocket Power was pretty short-lived. I don't don't know if all of you listening in seen this show, but for me as a kid, I, like, idolized them. I wanted to be them. I wanted Mm -hmm. wanted I wanted to live their lives. I thought they were the coolest people that they had this like this lingo all of these like weird phrases and things that they used um yeah while we were writing our notes we both said that at the same time when we were watching this episode we were like was it the lingo and then we were like whoa (laughs) yes but but, like now maybe it's just because it's outdated but i I don't even think it was ever cool like to my knowledge i mean i envy envy their lifestyle we're gonna have to talk about the capture the flag episode that i vividly remember from my childhood where they play a town-wide capture the flag across the beach like that's i mean it doesn't get any better than that i mean sure Um, part of it is just that they're like or in a TV show. Their right, lives of course. And that's more ideal. And even the sure. cool stuff they do isn't even about that. Like, I thought they were personally cool as characters. Yes. And they're really I wanted not. to meet them. I wanted to get to know them. Especially, like, oh, God, I didn't, I didn't realize Twister was, like, so awful. I think he yeah. gets less awful. I feel like he gets nicer and Otto gets meaner. Yeah, I, I felt like I remembered specifically Otto being... He's stubborn, you know? Yeah. I, I think 
too, he kind of has the, an interesting dynamic between him and his right. his older sister. Because he's definitely the leader of the group. Sure. Um, but Reggie, Reg will kind of be the one, like, making plans and taking control. And I remember there are some episodes where that conflict happens. Yeah, and I, I think that's common with siblings in oh, general yeah. to have oh, those yeah. kinds of definitely reflected well. But, but yeah, re- re-watching it, these kids do not seem cool. These kids... These kids just seem so, so awkward. Like, so... Yeah. They're trying so hard. I have to, before we move on, I have to say this one quote where they, uh, Twister says, I think we got ourselves a new squid when Sam is finally accepted. And Squid says, is that like Dink? And one of the kids goes, no. And he goes, cool. <laughs> and I can't, I can't, I wrote, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. That was my gut reaction to that little moment. That was golden. Yeah. I, I think even now, like, it's definitely entertaining to watch. But yeah. A bit differently, so. Than... It's not funny for the reasons they wanted it to be. <laughs> no. And not, none of the, none of these, like, all oh, these kids are Ooh, yeah. Anymore. Yeah. But, uh, and that's with age too. It do we realize, you know. I think it's though, a good sign say, we're not say, idolizing Nickelodeon characters at yeah. our age. I would say I would say tone on this one stays more or less the same, but I think it's agreed. I think it's a worthwhile watch if you haven't seen the show. Yes. Just to just to get some of that. Watch some episodes. I think the only thing missing tone wise is Raimundo and Tito. Tito especially. Yes. He's like Tito, uh, he's Tito's like Avatar. Amazing. He's like Iroh before Iroh. Just this like wise older man who's also completely ridiculous. Yes. Um, I'm a big Tito fan, and he ends up kind of covering for the kids a lot and like informing the the plans they make and yeah. kind of and helping them out. So he adds a great dynamic to the show. Agreed. All right, I think that's uh, certainly enough um, enough episode dissection. We got one more bit for you. We're going to have our fun facts of the week coming up right after this. Okay, so we figured it would be kind of interesting if every week at the end of our episodes we had um, some fun facts about what we talked about, about the shows and everything. So, uh, first off, we figured because this one, we've got the three different, uh, shows, we would have a different fun fact for each one. Um, so starting off with the first one that we talked about, SpongeBob, uh, SpongeBob was actually originally going to be called Sponge Boy, as in the character's name is going to be Sponge Boy. Um, not Sponge Boy Square Point, eh, Sponge Boy Square <laughs> just, just SpongeBoy, I can talk. Get that trending. And Get the SpongeBoy square points. Guys, <laughs> 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 yeah, I swear I'm an articulate person. <laughs> but, but, but just SpongeBoy, and the show name was originally going to be called SpongeBoy Ahoy, which I think was a brilliant choice to not keep that title. Both because SpongeBoy sounds horribly awkward, and SpongeBoy Ahoy. Like, I guess it's got the rhyming thing going on, but, you know, there it is. I think that's one of those things that in production kind of gets changed out. Yeah, definitely. That one I actually had no idea. It may be common knowledge. Um, 
Our fairly odd parents fun fact of the week is that originally uh, showrunner, show crowd, I don't know if with cartoons they're called showrunners, but the creator, uh, Hartman, what, are you, do you know his first name? I should. Um, um, you know, I should have as well, but I, I'm blanking uh, right now. It's like Bill or some, something. Um, anyway, um, we found, confirmed from his Twitter at Real Hartman. Butch. Butch Hartman. Um, Butch Hartman. That's what it is, not Bill. He, um, he wanted Timmy to wear a blue hat originally, but apparently ran out of blue ink and decided to make it pink. Let's, let's talk about this for a split second. What, what, yeah. how do you run out of blue ink? I guess everything hand-colored then? I guess he had, he had like then? markers, and That's I don't know he was just using too much blue ink or what, but... I mean, you figure he I could have switched it back to blue for the show once they were off of Oh Yeah. But apparently, apparently they just, they were feeling the pink thing. And I'm pretty yeah. sure this is later referenced in the show. And there's, there's like a joke made that like, they thought that it was going to be a girl. Right. And That's right. In one of the movies, these I girl think. Things. But I guess, I guess the original thing is literally just a marker mistake, which I think is funny because I think the pink hat now is just so iconic of Jimmy Turner. Absolutely. And we've got our rocket power fun fact of the week. Um... There is an N on Squid's baggy off yellow shirt um, that I barely noticed um, throughout the show, but it's, you know, it's always there, this giant N. So he supposedly was originally going to be from New York. Why they chose to abbreviate New York with just an N is kind of funny to me. Um, but so the makers of the show wanted Squid to be from the Big Apple. They changed his backstory at the last minute to make him from Kansas, um, probably to make him seem more like. Like, uh, I don't isolated. know. Isolated. More yeah, Sam, isolated. Really. More, yeah, exactly. It really makes more sense. Um, and for some reason, they just didn't edit the N out of the out of the final production. Um, so yeah. I, th I thought that was super interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be honest. When I was watching it, I, I almost questioned it. I was like, why, why an N? Like, right. His name doesn't have an N. His name doesn't start with an N. There's no N anywhere in his name anywhere. Like... And what does N possibly mean? I guess New York. Which, yep. Why not? <laughs> Where he's not from and how it isn't abbreviated. <laughs> so who knows? Yeah. Who knows? I, I, I feel like those are all just, I don't know, interesting little tidbits about the productions. Seems appropriate with us talking about the first episodes of weird, weird kind of production errors and mishaps that have stuck around. Definitely. And our fun facts will vary up each week. We, they won't necessarily all be related to the things we talked about, but these were ones we stumbled upon and thought we had to share. All right. I think that about wraps up everything that we need to talk about on these, but uh, you guys should definitely tune in next week, our next podcast. We're going to be doing a SpongeBob quotes episode. Um, me and Casey, we've been friends for a long time, <laughs> but we... Uh, at one point in our lives, I don't know who started it, I don't know why it started, but I I'm going to say for literally over a month. Maybe it was longer than months, that. It was several months. Several months. We, like, our entire texting conversations were just Spongebob quotes back and forth. That and was we it. No, like, no, just, like, us, like, naming obscure Spongebob quotes yeah. that we thought were funny, like, and it was a game. one after the other. And we... It was, like... We exclusively communicated through Facebook chat for real things because we didn't want to disrupt the flow of our of our quote off. I should have screenshotted it because I still have, I have a new phone now and it's lost to time. Uh, but we'll be bringing up I, some I, of our favorite quotes well. on next week's episode. 
and yeah, probably definitely. debating which our favorites are, and uh, we may even play a little uh, quote naming quote contest, yeah. which could be really fun. Um, yeah, and I, I would say we were both pretty evenly matched on that. It's it's been a while since I've I've been in the SpongeBob quota situations, but definitely definitely should be an interesting time. We, uh, since this is our first episode, we just set up our Twitter account. Be sure to follow at FNN underscore podcast. We'll be sending out updates there. We'll also have a Google form in which you can give us feedback on how we're doing, things you'd like to see on the show, and just to generally uh, engage with some of the things we've talked about in these episodes. Again, I'm Ashley. You can follow me on Twitter at at the A-Wits, A-W-I-T-T-Z. And I'm Casey. Follow me at Casey R. Reed. And thanks for watching Friday Night Nicktoons. See you next week.